What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Self-Helpless. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And uh, Taylor Tomlinson isn't able to make this episode, but we're going to record a second one after this, and she will be on that one. So yes. yeah, um, today we are going to be doing a book review of Shonda Rhimes's book, Year of Yes, which uh, is awesome and exciting and is something that's been requested. So uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it with you. Um, do you have a, a quotable, Del? Oh, I think we do. Um, this one <laughs> was submitted by Helpster Marina, uh, and I'm, I apologize if I if I do not uh, pronounce the the author's name correctly. Uh, okay. But the quote is: "Vulnerability becomes our greatest strength when we learn to trust ourselves. In order to trust ourselves, we must be willing and allow ourselves to be vulnerable." Non Nansia Movidi, Nansha or Nansia, either way, beautiful name. Um, yeah. Very, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, well, that's that's one of those quotes where I have to read it like five times. Yeah, to really... I was just gonna say, I read it again. Vulnerability becomes our greatest strength when we learn to trust ourselves. In order to trust ourselves, we must be willing and allow ourselves to be vulnerable. So it's like, well, shit, one of those has to come first, right? <laughs> Is that trust or vulnerability that comes first? <laughs> How do we start? Chicken or the egg? Yeah, that that quote is a real maze. I get lost in it pretty quickly. You know, go with your gut. Yeah. Short version, go with your gut. I like that though. I feel like I touched on um, that sort of a thing with the growth episode about how like learning that vulnerability comes in a lot of different forms, right? Because yeah. I had always assumed that being vulnerable is like 
you know, sharing stories about shitting in a Sephora box. Which, yes, yeah. sure. That is its own. <laughs> that is an interesting brand of vulnerability <laughs> indeed. Same thing with, you know, whipping your boobs out for a meatball recipe. You know, we've all been there. We've all, <laughs> we all have our... Dare I say that we are professionals in being vulnerable? <laughs> if I may be so bold on this podcast, I feel like uh, that is definitely a type of vulnerability that we have mastered for better or for worse. Right. But um, like I mentioned, you know, talking about with, with my therapist that there's also a vulnerability um, in choosing to uh, maybe not divulge every personal part of your life mm. and that um, people can relate to that and, and that like that's its own, own form of being, being vulnerable. Yeah. I think, yeah, just uh, trusting your instincts and uh, being honest, I feel like. Being honest is being vulnerable. Yeah. That's, a, that's a big one. That's yeah. That's a big one. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks for the quote, Marina. <laughs> um, and if, you, if anybody's interested in submitting quotes that get on the show, you can join our Patreon account, our Patreon platform at, uh, what is it? Patreon.com slash selfhelpless. Yes. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, okay. So um, as I mentioned in the intro, we're going to be talking about Shonda Rhimes' book, Year of Yes. If you guys don't know, Shonda Rhimes is the award-winning creator and producer of huge hit TV shows like uh, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal. Uh, little, pro- little projects, you know, and indie stuff. That indie you may- stuff. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you might have seen it. You might have not. I, to be in, in being vulnerable, being totally honest, I have actually never watched Grey's Anatomy or Scandal, despite really? despite knowing that they both have like a cult following. Yeah, I just and it's not like I tried it and didn't like it. It's like I literally just never even pushed play on either of those shows. Did you have you watched either of those? I saw maybe the first three three or four seasons of Grey's Anatomy, and I did not okay. miss an episode up until that point. And okay. then I've seen a few episodes of Scandal, but I I think that was during a time. Wait, Scandal's not still on, right? I don't. I think that so. there was a period. There's a period of time that I was not watching TV, and I think yeah. that's when Scandal was really popular. So okay, uh, but I mean, I was a Grey's Anatomy bitch right from the get go, baby. <laughs> See, here's my, like, my anxiety with medical stuff is too bad that I have never, ever been interested in watching shows like that because whatever's going on to the person, I just get, like, full-on hypochondriac, like, well, that's going to happen to me tomorrow, and I... (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, it's more about them, like, hooking up in the group dorm room. So, okay. you know, it's very, I feel like it's very medical light and really heavy on the, the sexy, hot, steamy drama. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, maybe I could give it a try. I remember for, um, you know, Kane's podcast, well, actually, like, they would have to binge shows as research for what they were going to talk about. Yes. And so he was binging it for a while. And I just, I would even walk by the living room and see a scene of somebody being told, like, just the most tragic news about a, a medical condition or like going into the surgery room. And I was like, yeah. this is not like an escape for me. This gives me all kinds of <laughs> sadness and anxiety, but he did say it was really good. And I, I'm sure there is like that big part of the, um, the romance relationship. Yeah. Uh, Watch the pilot. McDreamy, McDreamy, yeah. McSteamy. Uh, McDreamy versus McSteamy. You better figure out what side you're on. Listen, <laughs> watch episode number one and just tell me how you like it. 
Okay. There's really no crazy medical stuff in number one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, watch the pilot. All right. <laughs> Give it a try. Um, anyway, so uh, Shonda Rhimes has helped push the uh, the envelope of what's possible on TV, especially by putting women and Black Americans in leading roles. Uh, she is one of the most respected people in the industry today. Her life hasn't always been easy, though, when she realized her workaholic lifestyle had isolated her from the world and made her deeply unhappy. She decided to try something different. Hmm, Delaney, I feel oh, that... Oh, uh, I can't relate in any we way. Might, we might... <laughs> <laughs> you might relate a little bit to this one. Um, this is the story of her year of saying yes to life. Oh, love it. All right. So despite her spectacular success, Rhymes wasn't always happy. Um, Rhymes' phenomenal career began to take its toll. She was stressed, overworked, lonely, insecure. Uh, further, she wasn't allowed to show this in her work for fear of not being taken seriously. Oh, my gosh. That is a big one. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so Rhymes found comfort in food. She self-medicated by binge eating an entire cake or several pints of ice cream. Naturally, her health began to suffer. A conversation with her sister helped Rhymes realize that she had rejected everything other than solitary work. Um, glamorous Hollywood parties, requests for appearances on TV, and other opportunities were ignored by the workaholic introvert. Uh, Rhymes' publicist recognized this too, which is why she accepted an invitation to dinner with President Obama and the First Lady on Rhymes' behalf. After an amazing evening, Rhymes realized with discomfort that if it weren't for her publicist, she definitely would have declined the invitation. Rhymes God, resolved, damn. yeah, wow. Just, uh, can, can you even imagine? Yeah, declining uh, that invitation. Obama, <laughs> the president. Nah. Yeah, catch I you next this, time. <laughs> yeah, I got this Ben and Jerry's in the freezer that, uh, I need to, I need to get down with. So we've all been there, dude. How many things have we said no to because work, because of work? Oh yeah. Staying home, working our asses off, you know? Um, so wow. Um, let's see. Yeah. Rhymes resolved to stop watching the world go by. She decided to make changes, um, and not just one, but several aspects of her life. Rhymes role as a mother, her health, her confidence, her self-love all would get a makeover. Rhymes decided that in order to truly tackle what scared her in life, she would have to spend a whole year facing and embracing her fears. 20, 2015 became her year of yes. Damn. Oh my gosh. So I, I can't even, I mean, I, I obviously we relate to this so hard. Um, yeah. Being, you know, recovering workaholics and perfectionists and all that. And obviously yeah. it's, a, it's a struggle. It's a daily struggle. Yeah. But just be, I mean, I feel like I'm 90% better now as far as how I manage my time and, yeah. and the that I have. But my gosh, when, when you, Taylor, and I started first working together, just was so off balance. Um, yeah. I felt like was nine, you know, 90% of my time was worth yeah. 10%. I had to try to cram everything else in, you know, yeah. outside of that. And just remember like listening to people and what they did on their weekend like oh we went to a family picnic and we did we painted something we did this and I was like yeah how how did they have time or right. space or energy like what does that feel right. like feeling so removed from just being present and enjoying your time yeah um and how basically it, it sounded exotic it, it sounded so <laughs> so different um, than what my life was. And yeah. I, so I completely remember, like, I obviously can relate to that. 
right. kind of realization like, wait, why am I not doing some of these things? What's the point of working my ass off if I'm not, you know, enjoying yeah. myself? I, yeah. Anyway, what about yeah. you, else? Well, I'm just, I'm laughing at you using the word exotic. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know that you're work-life balance is off if like yeah. somebody's lunch at Panera you're like yeah. what I wow what a vacation <laughs> oh exactly. my god oh yeah um yeah I mean I'm I'm on the completely same page as you I think quarantine and this pandemic have obviously forced people to um, re-examine what their work-life balance was before yeah. this, because a lot of us cannot do our usual job right now. I know for me, obviously, like haven't been able to travel to do standup uh, for right. over four months now, which is crazy. This is wow. yeah. by far the longest I've ever gone without being on stage. And um, it does make you go, okay, well, if I'm not going to be spending my time doing that, then what else can I do to make myself happy? And not right. necessarily, okay, now let's fill that void with more work, but how can I get comfortable with this new amount of free time yeah. and not just try to keep my, um, anxiety high and overbook myself. It's, it's mm-hmm. taking, I think it's going to be a journey. I think we all have to kind of take a deep breath and know that we might not adjust to this new lifestyle quickly and perfectly. It might, it might be a while because this is so new for a lot of us. Absolutely. Um, I also, I remember like another instance when I realized like, you know, the amount of resentment or anger I had about the way I was living, like just, you know, sometimes I'd be able to like pop by a social gathering, but I'd only be able to stay for probably 30 minutes to an hour because I had shit to do or I had a show in the morning or whatever. Right. And remember just like, you know, being in conversations with people and feeling like I just had nothing in common with what they were saying, because I did not have that balance. And, and just, you know, like hearing a conversation of like, somebody was trying to figure out what color their curtains should be in their living room and just being like, what? Like, how do you you have time in in your head to think about this stuff? And almost feeling like, I mean, it sounds bad, but like feeling um, like either jealous, like, why can't I have that free time? Or sometimes a little bit dismissive, I'll be honest. Like, I have more important things to worry about. My shit's more important, which is not okay to feel that way. But there's this weird kind of when you have, when your identity is so wrapped up in your work, um, you do sometimes it's, it's easy to kind of slip into that, into that kind of like arrogance and stuff like that. And, you know, not saying this is, this is all entertainers or all comedians, but especially in entertainment, there's a lot of ego involved. There's a lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, kind of weird stuff. And I think that that vibe is pretty prominent, not with everybody, yeah. but kind of like, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm very important. Listen to me and yeah. all you guys are peasants. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, right. And uh, yeah, I just, um, and I, I kind of just remember like, uh, I felt very validated and like, I'm pursuing my dreams. I'm doing something hard. I'm working really hard and all this stuff. Um, and felt like that um I don't know like do you know what I'm, you know what I'm trying to say Kels yeah totally like, 
because you weren't yeah. living any normal aspect of your life when people would yeah. talk about it you just felt like very disconnected very disconnected and now it's like oh my god i love the fact that i can have those conversations now yeah. I that i give a shit about what color my wall is you know what i mean yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I have the room and capacity and space for other things other than work. And um, I think I just realized that like, yeah, I'm, I am resentful. I was very resentful. And I think that was a really big uh, clue. If anybody's feeling that way, you know, a change needs to be made. If you're just like kind of angry or resentful, you think what what other people are talking about is less important. Yeah, definitely. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Um. So the year of yes meant more play, something Rhymes had neglected during her workaholic years. Though she was working on three major projects, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, and Private Practice, Rhymes refused to sacrifice adventure and fun for work. Rhymes' introversion, which had allowed her creative mind to flourish, was now to take a back seat. She became more engaged with the world around her, welcoming invitations to social functions and blossoming into a true social butterfly. By organizing a fundraiser for the Democratic National Committee, uh, taking part in her first ever Good Morning America interview, posing for renowned uh, photographer Annie Leibovitz and joining the cast of her show Scandal, Rhymes gathered several new and memorable experiences by saying yes to her social life, Ooh. which is just side note, like I completely agree with that whole, like once you let yourself start doing the fun things, yeah. you remember how good they feel and it makes it that much easier to keep saying yes to them. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, with all these professional and personal milestones, Rhymes was determined to engage with another vital aspect of her life, family. Today, when Rhymes's uh, three adopted daughters, Emerson, Beckett, and Harper, ask her to play with them, she always answers with a resounding yes. Even if she's on her way out to a formal event, Rhymes will put it all aside and play with her children. Rather than using her weekend to work and get ahead, Rhymes now leaves Saturdays and Sundays for family time. Uh, she acknowledges that not everyone has the freedom to balance work, social life, and motherhood as she does. Uh, the year of yes taught her what an invaluable luxury that truly is. Mm. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Um, like you said, it's so easy to just say yes to something. Maybe it's a small thing that you're not usually, you know, used to saying yes to yeah. a lunch with somebody or whatever. And I think it's like a nice way. It kind of be like creates a snowball effect. Like, yeah. okay, then I'm like, okay, comfortable taking a trip or doing this or, you know. Um, so addicting. Yeah. I've talked on here before about um, trying to take those at least twice a year trips with my um, best friends from home and how 
<laughs> you're talking about looking for clues that maybe your life is out of balance. I remember the yeah. first couple of trips I took with them where it was the first time in years that I said no to comedy work for a weekend to go yeah. on a trip with my friends. And I was, it was almost like I was on drugs or something. Like I was yeah. so weirdly happy and excited to be there to the point where, because my other friends from home live, you know, pretty normal lives. And I knew they were excited for the trip, but I just was like, the whole trip, like you guys, like, I love you so much. This is so amazing. This is the best. And then you're probably like, yeah, man, this is pretty cool. This is kind right, of the stuff uh, we do. We're not inviting Kelsey next time. Yeah. <laughs> she took a weird turn. Freaking out over here. But yeah, I mean, it yeah. was like, I was so, I was starving myself. Nobody yeah. was doing it for me. I was starving myself um, of having these really amazing experiences and just making everything about work. So right, uh, right. once I started doing those trips, I was like, holy shit, I need to continue to do this all the time. And I have. It's Yeah, you have. Uh, I, You know, it's it's so easy to kind of get in that mindset like, no, once I have X, Y, and Z set up with my work, then I'll have fun. Then I'll see my friends. Then I'll take trips. Once I have this amount of money in the bank, once I have this set up, once I do this, and then you realize, oh shit, every day is my life and I am yeah. putting my life on hold yeah. to work. Yeah. And, and it's just, you have to weave it in. And I, I um, remember another feeling I kind of felt where I, I was so, I was so, convinced that I was like, no, I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. Like I'm, I'm pursuing what I love for a living, which I'm not, I, I do not regret at all. Like that is yeah. the, one of the biggest parts of my happiness is that I love what I do. Yeah. Um, but I felt so vindicated. Like this is like, this is the only way for happiness or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like I felt so convinced. And, and anytime I saw somebody who maybe wasn't loving what they were doing, I just felt like, gosh, are they lying to themselves about being okay or feeling okay with that? And is it a, you know, are they putting that on? Are they having to do a lot of other things to kind of fill that void? Right. And um, just kind of looking around at, at people and being like, well, I'm the one who seems miserable and they seem happy when, I, when I'm around them. Right. So maybe I don't have everything fucking figured out. Like, <laughs> you know, like, right. I'm like, you know what? There's something to be said here. Like I need balance and you know, maybe they don't absolutely love what they do or whatever that might be. Maybe they think it's fine or they tolerate it, but they still have all this free time that I'm not giving myself. And so with that yeah. free time does come that like space and freedom and energy to do stuff. And so I yeah. think it's finding a happy medium, you know, I don't totally. think you should stay in a job that you hate or anything, yeah. but your what you do with your life and your free time is really important. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. So there are no perfect mothers or perfect professionals, uh, do away with comparisons and competition. Um, in interviews, Ryan says, dodge questions about her as working mother. Uh, she's unwilling to buy into how motherhood is portrayed by mass media. Instead, Rhymes pushes for a more accurate understanding of women who seem to do it all. She has often shared her own experiences, shedding light on the valuable role played by hired help and the dangers of competition between mothers. Just before she adopted her first daughter, a friend asked Rhymes if, if she'd begun interviewing nannies. At the time, Rhymes was outraged. Why would she have a baby if she, if she planned to put it in someone else's care? 
Just a few months into raising her first child, however, Rhymes realized she was in <laughs> dire need of a good nanny. She is so grateful to Jenny, the nanny she eventually hired. She dedicated a chapter of this book to her. Rhymes also regrets getting competitive with her friends. Women are under immense pressure to, per to perform, either as perfect mothers or perfect businesswomen, yet none of us have a picture-perfect life. Why bother with rivalry and jealousy? Instead, she tries to extend compassion to others. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, so true. I'm so over women attacking each other, and, and especially in this, you know, in this way when they become mothers. Um, oh, yeah. Whether you are, you're a stay-at-home mother, a working mom, you do a mix of both, you yeah. do, you know, you switch off, you know, doing yeah. things. It's all it's all great. It's all okay. It's all about what you want as an individual and how you can best show up for yourself, your family, your work. And I don't like that women have that with each other. It's so weird to me. Yeah. Social media definitely does not help because everybody is able to curate what looks like a perfect life, them yeah. being a perfect mom, them having kind of everything. And it's just... Oh, just so important to continue to remember that social media is not reality and like what yeah. you are seeing is not <laughs> perfect and it's not yeah. people's day to day. So yeah, I think people fall into yeah. that pretty easily. That's the thing. I have people close to me, you know, who want to be a stay at home mom and I have yeah. people close to me who want to have either a part-time or full-time job and be a mom. Both are great. Both are wonderful mothers and wonderful yeah. people. And yeah, we all need to stop shitting on each other. We desperately need to lift each other up. Yeah. Desperately. Well, and like Shonda Rhimes mentions that it's so, it is so dependent too on your financial situation and like that it, mm -hmm. it really is a luxury to have a nanny. And that's so wonderful if you're in a position to be able to afford childcare right. Um, right. outside of yourself. Right. But yeah. Like, I mean, uh, one of my best friends has a baby now and we were talking about like daycare costs and it is astronomical. Insane. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It is truly mind boggling. So it's like, you know, everybody's doing what they can and everybody's in different places financially, but yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, right. I'm not a mom. I can't imagine how hard all of that shit is. No, it's yeah. No, anybody who is a parent, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. slow clap. Like you're Jesus. doing a lot of shit. I the the most experience I have is being a nanny and um, being a much older sibling to my younger siblings, mm -hmm. and you know, being around them as kids and working with you know, I have some some childcare experience, but that. That alone, as being a job where I have set hours, is a lot of work yeah. and very draining. And and I, I mean, you realize that is a full time job. You don't clock in, you don't clock out. You are, and even if you're not around your kid, you're thinking about them, you're worrying about them, you're hoping they're okay. You're probably prepping up something for their lunch or their project. Or I I saw all of it firsthand and just let's just let people be the best parents that they can be and they're doing what they feel is best for them and their family and yeah. um Oof. yeah i know that's <laughs> yeah. a lot agree agree
say yes to self-love by welcoming compliments and from time to time uh, by saying no to others, as well as learning to love by engaging with her social and family life. Grimes also learned to say yes to her inner life. Women in particular are taught from an early age to be overly modest, often getting criticized for being too welcoming of compliments. Oh, that's so interesting. Uh, The truth is there's nothing wrong with accepting and celebrating a compliment that makes you happy. When Bill Clinton appeared on the Ellen DeGeneres show, DeGeneres show, he praised Rhymes' work. Rhymes' assistant celebrated with t-shirts that read, Bill Clinton loves anything I do. <laughs> Rhymes wore the shirt with pride. Uh, Rhymes also learned that saying yes to your own needs sometimes means saying no to others. By the end of 2015, Rhymes had made serious improvements. Um, she was a better mother, boss, friend, leader, writer, and she dropped 120 pounds. Holy cow. Um, yeah, there's, oh, back when when Amy Schumer had her show on Comedy Central called Inside Amy Schumer, they did a great sketch about a group of girlfriends standing uh, in a circle and they were kind of each being like, oh my God, like I love your, um, I love that dress. That dress looks great on you. And anytime a girl got a compliment, she'd be like, oh my God, I look so fat in it. No, it's seriously like, it's so gross. It's not even cute. And they would go around in a circle doing that. Like anytime somebody was given a compliment, they would immediately shut it down and shit all over it and be super like, just reject the compliment. And then I think it's Amy who walks up and somebody's like, oh my God, your hair looks so great. You just get it done. She's like, Oh, thanks so much. Yeah, I think I think she did a really good job with it. And like all the girls in the group are like, <laughs> like <laughs> give her like the worst look. And it's this whole like I'm trying. I wish I could remember more specifics. Yeah. But basically, that like if you just even say, "Oh, thank you, I appreciate." Yeah. It, oh, that so full of yourself. <laughs> so cocky, so conceited. Right. But it's that's so true that it's, I think, particularly a thing with women where you're yeah. taught to like deflect and yeah. kind of, or if you accept a compliment that you then need to be like, oh yeah, thanks so much. But like, oh my God, my skin is so shitty right now. Like, ugh, like you, right. you know what I mean? It's yeah. Yeah. It is weird. Women it get uncomfortable weird. a lot of the time, I think with that. Uh, yeah. I'm really, I'm really bad at accepting compliments as well. I'm very bad at it. Even when you're like, Hey, you look, that's a nice outfit today. I'm like, ah, it's the only thing left in my closet. You know? <laughs> it is yeah it's it's it it is weird and I'm 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 wondering if we're just kind of you know we're often taught to like be quiet and be ladylike and you know kind of stay small and stay pleasant Mm -hmm. and you know whatever it's like fuck that take up space and be loud and tell people (laughs) what's on your mind and go for what you want you know (laughs) oh yeah well I think I shared this story on the podcast a while back but do you remember that I that there's this tv producer that anytime I'm around her I am just so incredibly awkward because I get nervous and I just I'm so weird I say the weirdest shit and you remember that she um she complimented she was like oh my god like your hair your hair's so long and I didn't know how to respond to that because I was like I mean, I think she's complimenting me, but I don't actually control the growth of my hair because that's just what hair does. And so I was like, in that moment, thinking a million things like, do, uh, how do I respond to this? Like, if I say thank you, does that look conceited? I right. Mean, how, how fucking, I'm so socially awkward when I'm around somebody that makes me nervous. And so I rem- all I said was like, thanks, magical. <laughs> <laughs> and I like stroked my hair oh my 
like a serial killer. I was so, and she gave me the weirdest look. This isn't one of those things where it's like, oh man, you just made it worse in your head. Like, no, I was, I responded in such a weird way. Right. She looked at me weird. She didn't know how to respond. Did she say anything? No. Like, kind of like nodded a little bit and then like started talking to somebody else. Thanks for coming in for the audition, Kelsey. We'll get back to you. So I'm so weird, but yeah, that was exactly one of those moments of me way overthinking. I I just, that's such a fear of mine is to come off as like conceited. Oh, right. Makes me want to crawl out of my skin. That would be the worst if somebody thought that of me. So for somebody to compliment that my hair is long, I just was like, "How, how do I navigate this without sounding? I don't know. I was so weird about it, but yeah, that's, yeah. Do you ever, do you ever get like, if somebody compliments you, you have, you feel like you have to find a compliment to to dish back really Mm -hmm. quickly, right? Oh, Oh, mm -hmm. you know, nice hair. Oh, oh, I love the shoes that you got on, you know, great yellow. Great yellow. yellow. Yeah, we should, we should be able to accept compliments. It it is a really strange thing. Um, As far as like, you know, so much has changed since we really suffered really bad burnout. And obviously we go up and down with certain things, but I I think our lives are pretty significantly different than what three years ago. We just celebrated three years of doing this podcast. Um, What do you think, like what actionable steps do you think have made the biggest difference in you giving yourself more balance or more time to do other things? Like if people are listening right now, and they're really caught up in this workaholic cycle and spiral, and they don't know how to get out of it or what their first step should be. What do you remember doing? And what have you continued to do to kind of, um, you know, to basically change your habits to allow more room for other things? That's a great question. I think buying a physical planner is one of the best things that I could have ever done. And I know that sound it sounds so like, no. like how would that make a big difference? But for the longest time, I don't know if you remember, I used to manage my entire schedule from the calendar in my fucking phone, yeah. which now I'm like, how did I even do that? I've never been able to do that, dude. I don't Ugh. trust. I don't trust technology. I'm so bad at it. I'll wake up and things just don't work. But yeah, oh I, remember I remember absolute, that. Absolute, absolute nightmare. So I would type in, manually type in the things that I had scheduled that day. And I would refer to the calendar in my phone. And um, because it was such a pain in the ass to do that, I would never type out like eat mm-hmm. lunch or mm-hmm. meditate or things that had to do with self-care the yeah. only things I could be bothered to put in there were work. And so that's all I focused on. Right. Um, and yeah. then once I got a physical planner, I actually, like, I like doing, I think it's fun to with pen and paper, like old school, yeah. write in each day, the things I'm going to do. And I make it a point to write everything that is also not work. I put in the work yeah. things I need to do, but to be able to have, to realistically look at your day and go, okay, so this is the time I'm allotting for work. How am I spending the rest of my day? Because yeah. I need to make sure there's enough of it to take care of myself. And um, Samantha Ravindahl, who I, I love, I've watched her on YouTube for years. 
she pointed out that by physically writing down the self-care items in her mind, they became the same amount of importance as yeah. the straight up work that you had to do. And Absolutely. I, that's, I think that has probably made the biggest difference for me. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good one. And I, <laughs> I, uh, I have never done the phone calendar thing. Cause yeah. obviously it's me. I'm terrible at technology. Anybody right. who knows this knows, knows that. <laughs> um, but it's so funny because the reactions I would get, uh, like when talking to friends or whatever about my schedule, cause I would have to say, you know what, let me, let me check when I get home and I'll tell you if I'm available for that thing. Like, why not? where's, why don't you just look at your phone? Like, why isn't your calendar in your phone? I was like, I don't, I don't do that. But <laughs> I love that because it actually now it like, it gives me time to think about, do I actually have time to make that commitment to say yes to this trip yeah. or this dinner or this, this, I actually have to come home, look at my physical calendar and say yes or no versus oh. committing on the spot, putting it right in my phone, not being able to look at my calendar as a whole. So yeah. I, I like the fact that I never did that because I think it would be another transition that I'd have, I'd have to like undo, you know, unlearn all that. But What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way? <laughs> Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's really funny, remember that year that I bought myself the tiny planner on purpose? Yes. Remember that? Yes. Oh my <laughs> God. I was like, I'm a workaholic. I need help. And how can I do this, you know, in a oh. tangible way? I bought the smallest little tiny pink <laughs> calendar. I could literally only fit between one and three things every day on that calendar. Three yes. things tops. But yeah. it trained me only to have a few things on my count on my schedule yeah. every single day. So when I, I did that for a whole year, now I'll show you, I can have a normal size calendar because I've trained myself and now I have habits to where I only can have, you know, I only put, you know, yeah. around three things on my schedule every day. So I trained my Amazing. brain to basically for that to be the norm, but I had to do it in a very specific, tangible way. And, yeah. um, now it's just built in there. Um, same thing. Remember my little dot system I was doing for a while. <laughs> it's like literally every time I did anything remotely self-care related, I would just put a little, a little dot yeah. on a piece of paper with a highlighter to yeah. show myself, don't worry. Like you're, you're somebody who takes care of themselves. Right. Yeah. And now it is way more ingrained in me. It's become a yeah. habit to just take these little tiny, like micro, you know, micro minutes or whatever, um, yeah. of, of self-care and I don't need to have it anymore because I built the habit. 
right? With something very physical, you know, tangible, visible, whatever. And now right. she's there. So that's how I like to implement stuff always. Um, yeah. By really thinking, okay, how do I, how do I form my habits personally? What always works for me? Yeah. And, um, that it's no different with burning out and realizing you have to, you have to schedule your fun time the way you schedule your work. If you're going to follow through, like we all know yeah. it makes, makes all of us follow through with something, you yeah. know, for the most part. Um, so yeah, you, I got to put, I got to write down the fun stuff in my calendar yeah. for them to be a priority. Absolutely. It's, it's so interesting to hear how different yours and my approaches are to yeah. how we got pulled ourselves out of burnout and developed healthy habits. Yeah. I think that's good that hopefully our listeners, like if you are struggling with burnout, that you got, at least from us, you're, you're getting a couple very different options. So if you know, you maybe try my method doesn't work for you, you could try Delaney's because yeah. yours and mine are almost the exact opposite where you only put like three things a day. Yeah. I put literally everything because that's, it makes me feel good to write the word shower on yeah. my to-do list and get to cross it off. Like that, right. just that physical feeling of crossing off right. feels so good. Um, when you yeah. were talking about that by n- using a physical planner and having to tell somebody like, oh, I need to go back home and actually check what's going on that day. Yeah. Not only is that good for like making sure you're not overbooking yourself, but I think a lot of us, if you're a people pleaser, it's really easy in the moment to emotionally mm. go, oh yeah, no, let's do that. Yeah. But you're not giving yourself the time and space in solitude to actually check in and go, do, do I really want to do that? Do right. I want to go do that with that person? So yeah. that's also a plus to like going back home and looking at your planner is that you get that time to go, mm, maybe, I, maybe I don't. And maybe I'm going to overextend myself just emotionally that day. Yeah. And I don't, I don't even really want to. Absolutely. Um, another tool that's so helpful for me, that's more of a kind of an internal thing, um, that things that I, when I feel like I have too much on my plate or when I feel like I'm having a really hard time figuring out if I'm doing something for the right reasons, or if I'm doing it for my ego or anything else, Uh, I ask myself, okay, if you were not allowed to tell anybody that you do this, would you still do this? If you were not allowed to post it on social media, if you were not allowed to talk about it in groups of friends, would you still be doing this thing? And if the, for me, if the answer is no, I'm not doing it for the right reasons because I'm not really doing it because I just genuinely love doing it. I'm doing oh, such a good some one. kind of external validation. And so I am constantly asking myself that probably every three to six months or anytime that I feel like something is going to be added to my plate. I look yeah. at everything and I just kind of do a little check-in with everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and that has made a big difference for me um, because over the course of the last three years, I've gone from being involved in 10 different things, basically, yeah. to now this yeah. new stage of my life. I'm going to have two main focuses and I'm not I'm really, really tried hard not to yeah. really add anything. Yeah. And if I do add something, something might have to go. And that's, I'm, I'm happy that that's that, you know, it was a very long process to get to that point. Yeah. But, um, it was, yeah, it was a very hard weeding out process. It was, I eased out of a lot of things because I think it would have been way too shocking to just stop everything at once. Um, but I will say if you are, if you are burnt having, having, um, 
being able to step away from everything just temporarily so you can kind of hear yourself think a little bit and ask yeah. yourself these really important questions is is important before you go back and you make those types of decisions but yeah get some perspective oh what a what a book what I, a book uh, guys go read it go grab it yeah such an important reminder sometimes you just do you need that kick in the ass of like oh yeah like say yes to the fun things yeah. And, and it's, I think it's so easy. I mean, to, um, you know, see somebody like Shauna rhymes on an interview or this or that thinking, wow, she has everything. She's incredibly successful, all this stuff. Right. And then you hear how she's feeling like, you know, that she's not making time, you know, for fun and social stuff and all that. It's like, you really never know yeah. what's going on in somebody's real life behind the scenes, even though things can look so shiny and fun and glamorous. And, um, I always, I always appreciate when people who are in that type of position are very open and honest about what their day-to-day is like. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, you know, I mentioned Samantha Rabindall. So she's been one of the YouTube beauty people I've followed for years and years and years. She actually just hit a million subscribers on YouTube, which is amazing. And she is one of the best people at that. She did an entire, it's like an entire 45 minute video on YouTube where she is going through some of her most popular Instagram posts and telling you the reality behind that post. Oh, I love that. So good. God, it's just the most refreshing thing because she is absolutely somebody I've looked up to, you know, in the, in the years I've been following her where I see a picture of hers on Instagram and I screenshot and go, Oh my God, like, Holy shit. I looked like her, her makeup's so beautiful here. Or wow. She's on this amazing trip in like Thailand, blah, blah, blah. Like, She's like, so um, this day, uh, me and my boyfriend broke up. We had an explosive fight. This was like a revenge photo as like trying to like, you know, what, like she was so honest behind everything. Like it's, yeah. Oh my God. Very very refreshing. Cannot recommend her enough. She's just one of my favorite. I I got it. Got to meet her at IMATS. She's one of the people. Oh, that's one that you cried, cried, cried for? <laughs> Dude, we could have a whole episode of doing that with ourselves. If we uh, looked yeah. through our stuff and said, hey, this is what was going on. And it's how I was feeling. This is why I posted this. This is what, you know, I would, I mean, obviously, if we're all comfortable, I would yeah. love to do an episode just on that because I hate this weird curated thing on social media and you know, I, I try to be relatively honest in a lot, a lot of my stuff, but you're yeah. definitely not getting the full story with one freaking caption in a photo. It, Absolutely, it's, yeah. You know, it's a very different thing where you can actually really explain why you did it, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I think that'd yeah, be a great, great episode to do. So we need behind, to add that to our behind the, yeah, behind the Instagram, <laughs> behind, the gram. <laughs> behind the gram, baby. Um, so yeah, uh, we have an iTunes review. Um, this is from Mango11495. Um, it's titled The Best Friends I've Never Met. It says, I love this podcast. I've been listening to Self Helpless for three years now, and I've been a patron listener uh, for close to a year. These girls are the best friends I've never met, and they can be yours too. <laughs> it's so sweet. It sounds like we're like um, dolls. Like this is like a commercial <laughs> for like Toys R Us. They can be your friends too <laughs> for $11.99. Yeah. Um, I just... <laughs> 
I just finished listening to the growth episode and like all of the others, I found it so relatable. I was crying with Kelsey when she shared her relationship news. Oh. Mm. Um, and I laughed with the girls as they talked about their new focus on things like birds during quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I was, oh boy, I forgot we even talked about that. I was listening to this episode from the trail and simultaneously creeping on a heron. <laughs> uh, LOL. I look forward to self-helpless every week. Oh my gosh. Oh, thank you. Oh thank gosh. You. That's a funny review, dude. Oh my That's a really funny Kelsey review. and I have made so many animal friends in our neighborhood. We have a barking squirrel that we talk to regularly. <laughs> Kelsey knows all the neighborhood cats. By name, <laughs> all the cats as Mia oh, makes an funny. appearance. If you watch on YouTube, oh gosh, so funny! You say hi, <laughs> um, yeah, wow, yeah. oh, thank you. That's uh, I don't ever want to make our, our listeners cry, but that's very sweet that yeah. you um, that you shared shared that. Thank you, and thank you for being yeah. a patron and, and a long time yeah. listener, yeah, um, thanks so much. All right, let's do some segments. Uh, Del, do you have something? Um, I think I just want to, um, basically uh, as a little reminder of what I, uh, uh, announced last week that my business Dick's by Delaney is closing its doors, um, by August 1st. Um, some of you may have seen my Instagram posts about it or heard last, last episode. Um, I'm just not able to juggle everything. I mean, I think this is a pretty good episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a reminder is like, look, this is an ongoing process of, of having a work-life balance. And I am absolutely thrilled um, that my consulting business is, is growing and it's so busy that I, I have to make this decision between basically picking two things I really love doing and really being mindful about like which one I want to move forward with and put my energy into. And so that's basically what's going on. So um, head over to dickspydelaney.com. You have um, all the month of July to get any last minute dick cartoon orders in. Um, you know, if you there's upcoming birthdays, holidays, groomsmen gifts, bachelorette party gifts, all that kind of stuff that you want to get. Head on over. Um, yeah, and thank you so much for all the support um, <laughs> these years with that because yeah. it was a it was a dream job and it really it changed my life. Honestly, as silly as it said, as it as it feels <laughs> to say, dicks changed my life. Um, it, it's true. It really um, gave me another outlet and a way to kind of get out of a position that I was not happy in. So I just want to yeah. thank everybody who's supported my business and yeah, love you guys. Thank you. Uh, the power of the dick. <laughs> magical thing um my uh my segment um I get I don't even know what I would call this so okay I don't know if any of you listeners have been struggling with this but my acne has like really gotten worse during quarantine which is so frustrating because it's like I'm not on airplanes uh I feel like I've been doing a lot of self-care granted I feel like everybody's stress levels are probably quite a bit higher than than usual but Anyway, I, you know, I've talked so much on the podcast about acne and I'm always kind of trying to figure out what like, uh, what a possible long-term solution could be. Um, Living in Los Angeles, our water here is real hard, hard water, a lot of chemicals in it because they have to try and make it drinkable. And um, I was doing a lot of reading last night and unfortunately that can really irritate your skin. Um, when you're showering, when you're washing your face, uh, it can really dry it out, cause eczema, cause acne, a whole whole bunch of stuff. And so, um, 
there's this particular chemical called chloramine in Los Angeles water. And it's very hard to filter out even through like a shower head filter. But I, I found one on Amazon and I, uh, I ordered it. And um, I should I edit out that I said Amazon after our mm. listeners like stop. Maybe just have the option, have the option okay. of just saying you, you ordered one. Okay. Or- so um, I, I ordered one online and uh, I'm, it hasn't come yet, but I just wanted to say, I'll, I'll keep you guys posted on this new water journey. I'm like, oh, fuck <laughs> it. of course <laughs> that anything can cause acne, include, including water. Like I'm like, yeah. are you serious? like just even the water I'm, I, you know, I'm always looking at my products. No. I would never even think that the water I'm using to wash my face. So uh, yeah. <laughs> in the meantime, I, you know, my refrigerator has a water filter on it and I washed my face this morning with a cup of water from my, yeah. <laughs> just like, what am I doing? This is so crazy. The, the, the lengths you go to, to try to have uh, yeah. free skin, but I'm curious anyway. to see what happens though. Me too. I'm curious about the update. I'll keep you listeners posted. I was telling yeah. Delaney on a, a walk this morning that after I washed my face, my face is like irritated and I it's not it doesn't matter what face wash I use even if I just splash it with water if I don't use Mm. face wash it's still rashy and irritated for a while so I'm like okay Mm. Uh, it's worth trying it's worth trying yeah definitely definitely. keep us posted baby I will um all right I think that'll do it that'll do it Um, that'll do it Yeah. Thank you guys as always for listening and we hope you have an amazing day and an amazing week. Yeah. Love you. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to Self Helpless. We love you guys so much. There are a few different ways you can support our show. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us move up the charts. You can also tell a friend about the show, post it on social media, and you can join our Patreon. It's where you can get bonus episodes from us and lots of really fun content and ways to interact with the show. That's at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. And if you go to selfhelplesspodcast.com, that's where you can get links to all of our individual stuff. Delaney, where can people find you? You can find me at DelaneyFisher.com. You can find uh, the online courses there, one-on-one creative consulting, watch my comedy special, and find Dicks by Delaney there. Perfect. Tay, where can people find you? You can find me on ttomcomedy.com for tour dates and links to everything else social media-wise. I am at Taylor Tomlinson on Twitter and Instagram. Perfect. You guys can find me at KelseyCook.com for all my tour dates. My Instagram is at KelseyCookComedy. Twitter is at KelseyCook. Uh, please be sure to watch my foosball web series on YouTube called Wrist of Fury. I've had Delaney and Taylor on together. It was such a fun episode. And you can download and buy my album Savor It on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you find comedy albums. We also want to give a shout out to our amazing producer, Lauren Mahoney, and our amazing editor, Emma Erdbrink. We love you guys, and we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.